and welcome to Future Commerce, the podcast about cutting edge and next generation commerce. I'm Philip. I'm Brian. And uh, we are uh, joined by two special guests today, and I'll introduce them in just a minute, but I couldn't be more excited for uh, today's episode uh, because we've just had this string of amazing guests, and uh, today is no exception. Uh, but we want your feedback, and we want you to talk back to us because uh, we thrive on our community uh, here at Future Commerce. And so if you want to leave us some feedback about today's show, if you have any questions or comments, you can leave it on futurecommerce.fm, right on the episode itself. Click on the episode and uh, and scroll down to the Discuss comment box on the site uh, below. Uh, if you are so inclined, you can also subscribe to Future Commerce on iTunes and Google Play, and you can listen right from your Amazon Echo with TuneIn Radio with the phrase, Alexa, play Future Commerce podcast. And without any further ado, actually, Brian, why do you want to introduce our guest today? Yeah, today is we have Jonathan Taylor and Fong Chen, uh, both from Link. Uh, which is an exciting company, um, but I'll let you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves and Link. Um, so yeah, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about Link? You know, what are your goals? How do you help merchants? A little bit about you know the the, the full product and offering that you have. Um, I'll start. <clears throat> so this is Jonathan Taylor, responsible for business development and partnerships for Link, and we basically are looking at you know top five hundred IR customers as our clients we're reaching out to different partnerships regarding the fulfillment higher ecosystem to deliver that customer service experience that consumers are expecting today at a higher level and i'm proud to introduce uh, hong chang the co-founder and ceo of link well thanks so much um uh, philip and brian glad to be here um yeah so uh i'm uh, one of the co-founders of our company um, a little bit of a uh, 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 touch on maybe our mission as a company, what Link is all about, right? So um, I hear we have a really a singular goal, uh, which is uh, to empower brands and retailers that we serve uh, to compete with Amazons of the world on post-purchase customer experience, right? Um, and Jonathan mentioned that uh, you know consumer expectations is um, uh, rising and ever higher actually. Uh, and we want to, as a company, to give a merchants the ability to leverage post-purchase services uh, as a competitive edge to win over the customer loyalty and ultimately, you know, lifetime value. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's sort of the key. I, I know that one of the one of the things that we struggle with in, uh, in in digital commerce today is trying to compete at the level of service that you know larger companies uh, uh, that that shall not be named provide. Um, <laughs> you know, from customer insights and and all of those things. And it sounds like to me, uh, Link is the missing link uh, for a merchant. Um, <laughs> Uh, would how would you describe your current offering, um, and 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 what uh, what kind of tools are you providing uh, with Link? Yes, so um, I think it may be uh, helpful to touch a little bit on you know modern consumers' expectation when it comes down to uh, you know post purchase and continue to be taken care of um, by the brands and the retailers that they buy from, right and. Uh, uh, really, the consumers' expectations are benchmarked by the best uh, in the market, um, and uh, you know Amazon, Amazon Prime uh, like experience is in the market and getting one of the best customer satisfactions. Um, and uh, as a company, uh, because of their scale, because they build on extensive technology stack, 
uh, not only they are able to achieve that uh, high customer satisfaction in terms of uh, a service quality, which is essential to their success, right? In winning over um, the lifetime value uh, uh, with their customers, but also they're doing right. at a very low cost, actually lower cost than most of the uh, retailers will have to invest in, in terms of both e-commerce operation um, as well as um, customer uh, service. Uh, one thing we really want to kind of highlight um, is that um, despite Amazon and already is being um, really at the uh, frontier of um, uh, customer experience, um, uh, customer service quality, and they are continuing um, challenging the uh, what's next uh, the frontier for customer experience, right? Uh, we all heard about the success or the initial success uh, of Amazon's voice interface and the Echo device and this virtual assistant Alexa, um, you know, uh, essentially uh, assist and attend to the shopper as a personal assistant on behalf of Amazon uh, 24-7, right? Um, and you know, Amazon is already looking into the next frontier. So if you are right. merchant or anyone or brands directly selling to consumer, and you got to be think about um, how do you actually quickly play catch up or differentiate, even do better than Amazon in the conventional channels. But in the meantime, uh, you are competing with a moving target. And how do you even making sure in the next few years, not only you're staying relevant with your customers, but actually um, be competitive. And hopefully, if you do it right, you can turn this into a competitive advantage uh, amid this type of a very fast evolving consumer um, expectation and trends. Right, exactly. And I think expectation is the word, right? We expect yeah. this in, in, in online retail now. Uh, and and almost to some degree that we expect it beyond what we expect in yeah, brick we and mortar. Expect, um, the consumers ordering very simplified. They're going to expect the payments automatically taken care of. They expect the fulfillment will be done. That the product will be delivered on time. Um, they just want an actual flow. They just want to you know either say reorder, click on a button, one click, and then consumer engagement, the shopping is done, and you just have have all the tools in place. They make the consumer experience, you know, perfect. Nice, yeah, it's true. Um, one thing I want, you know, wanted to talk a little bit about is, um, you know, your offering uh, is also um, based on AI, which is is really exciting. Um, and uh, you've named your your um, sort of <laughs> the heart of your offering called, you know, is Cortex, right? Um, and so. Could you tell us a little bit about Cortex and, and how it models customer behavior, you know, um, and, and, and really, you know, how can merchants use that data that you're gathering to make intelligent decisions? Yes. Yeah. So um, Cortex is actually the name of the platform, the underlying platform that all links the services is running uh, on top of. Right. Mm. So we offering our services and, you know, uh, more specifically, we power the shopper-facing experience on um, anything related to order status tracking, right? From the inception of the order all the way to delivery and post-delivery surveys from you and how we're we doing, uh, as well as um, return exchange. 
you know, for certain verticals like a fashion, apparel, and some verticals in the consumable uh, goods uh, like cosmetics, you can see easily a return rate of 25% or even higher. And uh, how do you turn that post-purchase uh, service interactions, which is a utility value consumer's demand, uh, to right. have a great service and to, to feel comfortable doing business with you, but also turn that into an opportunity to drive that incremental sales. And that's what Link does. Um, uh, um, those are the services we run on a full SaaS model. Uh, we power, when we work with a brand, that'd be GoPro, Carters, L'Oreal, these are just a few of our customers, right? And then we basically power their shopper-facing uh, experience in those major buckets. If you combine uh, these two, three buckets together, other status tracking, return exchange, this makes up over 65% of uh, why customers on, are, are contacting customer service today, no matter if they're calling or emailing or live chatting with your customer service post purchase. Um, the data have shown and uh, these are the most uh, uh, pricing shopper needs. That's why when we build our company uh, under the mission to empower brands to compete on post-purchase uh, services, we start with those uh, most pricing shopper needs. And then uh, Cortex hmm. is this, yeah. So Cortex is this like data-driven platform um, allows us to not only create um, the best uh, self-service experience on other status tracking return exchange, um, but also since we built Cortex actually in the year of 2015, um, we, we look at it, uh, the consumer uh, trends where it's growing. Uh, we as a company truly believes that the future of the commerce has a lot to do with communication. Um, if you look at what happened in the consumer's personal life, right? Um, you know, in the past uh, decade, we really completely changed how day-to-day -day we communicate with our families, friends, and colleagues. Uh, messaging is a short form of communication becomes uh, not only part of our personal life, it's getting into how we communicate and collaborate within our enterprise. Uh, now, what's happening in the commerce world is that you see, led by Facebook Messenger, um, a messaging app that's uh, turning itself to become a channel for consumer and business to connect. And right. then the chatbot platform on top of it, uh, as well as Amazon's um, Echo ecosystem, right? So what we see the things are shifting towards is this uh, new emerging, what we call conversational channels. Um, they become uh, a very critical strategic uh, 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 direction uh, to address uh, and that anchored on uh, you know the future uh, of how businesses and brands interact with their customers, right? So Cortex, uh, when we build it, we build it as um, not only the ability to run on customer data, which we're going to touch on that a little bit later, but also uh, it's a true really a uh, a channel agnostic uh, service bug platform. Hmm. Yeah, it, it actually is the only platform uh, in post-purchase services that has the ability to drive um, automated, uh, automated service bugs on those emerging channels that be Facebook Messenger, um, other messaging applications, 
were, were Amazon Echo or other uh, voice interfaces. So we see this as a platform that solves the uh, uh, common piece of how do you power automated service assistance um, uh, on those emerging channels and Cortex is the platform to do that. I, one thing I think is really impressive is uh, is is you looked at those uh, conversational platforms as being able to sort of deepen your uh, a brand's uh, uh, connection to a customer in the post process post purchase process, uh, and I you know that is that is an astute. Uh, 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 you know, use of those platforms because at that point you're not trying to win business or trying to give a different means of purchase, but you're trying to support and enable the business that's already you know sort of happened. Honestly, and now you're, you're, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. I was just saying, honestly, this is one of the better applications I've heard of having uh, you know a conversational interface. Um, like it, it just seems to make the most logical sense, right? Like for where. For where, yeah, chat for where is we right are in now. 2016. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes a ton right. of sense. Sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. No, so so I was going to ask. You know, since you're one of the first, uh, and to my knowledge, the biggest players in in the space uh, that are sort of enabling conversational commerce today. Uh, what is your take on it? Obviously, you're invested there. Do you think that the uh, that the idea that uh, everybody's going to have a purchase chat bot is sort of a fad, and 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 uh, it's it's something that will sort of settle into this place, this this area that you've already focused on and built a solution for. I think people. Do you think people are going to come to the same realization that you have uh, that there's a different a different type of interface uh, uh, and a different yeah, so solution? That's the question. Yeah. Well, happy to share. Yeah, happy to share, you know, our point of views um, on conversational commerce in general. Um, certainly as a company that we see this paradigm shift uh, of these conversational channels, no matter it's messaging or voice, right? They're very similar. They, they take this uh, interaction experience to a much more human-like experience, much more natural, similar to two people are chatting, right? Uh, we mm. see this paradigm shift towards, um, you know, this type of conversational channels um, uh, is becoming a, a channel for a consumer to business interactions, right? Commerce is everything. Most of a big part of commerce uh, is B two C, right? So, um, conventionally, what channels we leverage will be like emails and the web, uh, and so on. Now you have this uh, uh, opening up these emerging channels. So, as a company, we, we definitely see um, that. Um, uh, we believe in that channel uh, will thrive uh, to become more of a mainstream down the road uh, for commerce. Um, however, we also have a very strong point of views. Uh, what are some of the more meaningful first-generation applications um, that's actually best suited for these channels as they're emerging? Because anything that touches a consumer behavior, you, you really want to make sure that paradigm shift is not a force. It doesn't matter if Facebook or Google or Amazon, um, no matter how big these companies are, are driving those initiatives for paradigm shift, consumers know uh, if this is natural for them, if this is, in fact, an easier way of getting things done. And when we look at you know, the different applications um, that conversational channel can be leveraged for, right? despite there's a lot of... Um, 
uh, talks about, you know, um, chat with the bot to find something, find a product that you are looking for and buy something. Certainly, if you're as a, a merchant or as a brand selling to consumer, you always want to first, the holy grail is that buy button, right? Right, um, yep. As, yeah, as Link, though, we really believe um, the more natural uh, and the more meaningful uh, usage and applications for these type of channels is actually on, on services, uh, customer services, service interactions. Because why is a customer service by nature is conversational. It's just that historically mm. you're having that conversational interaction with a human sitting somewhere remote in the customer service center, right? And uh, you're, it is by nature already interactive, already conversational. Um, and that is a very natural shift. Um, or, and and the, uh, that makes us believe in this channel. Um, it's uh, gonna be uh, one of the more useful pieces. But more, more importantly, if you think about uh, all of these conversational channels, they're not just a communication pipeline that pass messages back and forth. Um, they're in fact a platform allows you as businesses to build applications and automated services on top of it. And then that's another thing we believe um, the service interactions has a lot of white space, which historically, uh, you know, you have to call, you have to emailing, you have to use a broader-based uh, uh, live chat to solve your service request questions. Uh, now, uh, if we can leverage, um, um, uh, uh, you know, the bots to automate uh, those services and more, more importantly, leverage the ability to take data on the cloud so the bots can always consult and keep track of the context of your historical dealing with our brand and then mm. be intelligently served by automated resolution, uh, that is a major lift uh, in experience right. and value right. to the consumer. Right? Yeah. So we actually that's why we believe this is going to be services is going to be um, the first generation of more successful applications on those platforms, and that's why as a company we're investing uh, in this area as well. And then with regards to the merchants, they look at the um, conversation channel to maintain the post-sale relationship with the consumer. Because you spent the merchant spent a lot of effort to hit the buy button, and now you want to maintain that relationship. And with conversational channels, you're able to provide a good customer experience. But two, you're able to maintain that relationship that they become a repeat buyer, and then that buy the buy cycle is much easier for them. They're used to that customer experience, and they just automatically naturally buy from you because you gave them the, a complete circle of the sales process and the customer experience, and that's going to be key that they're able to maintain a relationship, understand the consumer, what they're buying, product recommendation. This is a very easy uh, and comfort level for the consumer to maintain that relationship. And they're on the platforms that the consumer's at, from messaging to voice. Right. Yeah, I think... I think What's really was, there? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It's actually one of my questions was, where's that bot sort of living, if you will, um, is that just messaging or is that even Slack and um, Facebook and, you know, where, 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 where is the, where are they interacting with your bot? Yeah. 
So um, let's actually touch on one of the uh, really interesting aspects of uh, Cortex, which is built to be channel agnostic. Um, uh, one thing made it uh, unique as a service cloud and service platform, it is uh, actually uh, optimized for conversational channels, but it's not uh, limited to conversational channels. In fact, the Cortex supports um, you know, um, a better uh, self-service experience uh, in your uh, web page and through your confirmation emails. So where the boss leaves is that um, as a merchant, uh, you choose, first of all, you choose if you want uh, your um, service capability expands into uh, any of those emerging channels. Uh, um, and then each of the emerging channels, once you're on the Cortex platform, to turn on and off a channel, that's almost like a turnkey, that's almost an instant. Uh, so our service bot is jointly released with the Facebook Messenger's um, chatbot platform. It's already there. And in fact, uh, take a messenger as an example. All it takes is that the application sending your uh, to your Facebook um, page's official account a request, you accept that request, and what you have is you have instantly a branded uh, a service bot, branded your own brand, and then can face your customer. And then comes down to where the shopper can interact with the bots, right? So uh, many people were thinking about the bots. They were thinking about, okay, the behavior would be uh, a consumer comes to Facebook Messenger. For whatever reason, she, um, she wants to chat with um, us. And then they're going to search <laughs> in the chat bot, uh, a search bar uh, or contact search bar and find us and add us as her friend and start chatting mm -hmm. with us. Right. However, in reality, uh, um, you know that you will find your customer. There's no natural um, uh, incentive to, and to drive this natural behavior of uh, a customer of yours coming in to discover your bots and then chat uh, with you. Uh, however, in contrast, as your customer buy online or buy from your mobile app, even. Um, doesn't matter where the uh, uh, which channel the buy happens. Uh, post a buy, a customer can be prompted with um, useful uh, services such as um, other status update where you can opt into return status update. Uh, if you just gone through a return and want to get an update on your refund, so those service alerts right. is actually why customer wants to. Uh, to use the bots, we actually truly believe that notification, even the, the buzzwords recently on chatbot is louder uh, than, you know, than the notification, which is a term we're all familiar with. But in fact, the notification, we really believe that's going to be one of the most important functionality the bots um, uh, does. Um, and and your opt-in to use the bots can happen in conventional channels such as transactional emails and web browser and my account page, customer service page online, where customer in first first for the first time being educated to say, oh, you know what? I can actually stay in touch and, and get service alerts pushed to me. And then when they receive service alert pushed to them, they are now already in um, the Facebook Messenger channel. Um, or understand that there is a service bot they can chat with and talk to on their voice interface, such as Amazon Echo. And then they interact, they check other status, and all of a sudden, they're opening up this 
who a functionality that um, the boss can assist them um, on like beyond the notification. So, hey, how was the recent delivery? Do you like it? Uh, if it doesn't work out, I can assist you with the returns change and uh, drives that natural uh, uh, subsequent uh, interactions uh, between that customer and about that represent your brand. So those are, this is just a flavor of the user journey um, hmm. that Link Powered Experience covers, yeah. Do you see people interacting with bots uh, as if they don't know that they're act- interacting with bots or is it pretty clear that they are? And, and what's what's their behavior like when, when they're interacting with a conversational bot? This is very, very interesting. Um, so I'll talk about uh, what we see from link power data, but I will give you an example. Um, I actually have a three and a half years old daughter at home, and uh, uh, we have uh, the Amazon Echo device sitting in our living room. And uh, uh, when I observed the first time, she was um, she saw, oh, wow, this, this, um, this woman voice and talking and uh, playing songs and so on. She uh, reacted to that virtual uh, assistant, Alexa, almost as if she's reacting to a human. She's very shy. Yeah. <laughs> she, she shows this very shy facial expression when she talks to Alexa. And she doesn't say, Alexa, play a song for me. She, say, uh, she says, um, Alexa, sing songs. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> really interesting behavior. Um, so, so in a sense, that what it shows us, right, um, if you're, as your technology evolves, especially if your um, interaction is very natural, um, and uh, um, not only you understand natural language uh, uh, input, no matter it's voice or typing, um, and you can also respond naturally, you, it will be confusing whether this is a human I'm talking to or interact with or this is a bot, right? So in our experience, we we are obsessed actually uh, about the how do we where do we draw the line? What is the best user experience? Um, a, a long story short of that is is that we found it's very important to make it clear when it is a bot. You have to make it clear to the customer, uh, I am a bot, right? Mm. And I can assist you on a number of things. And uh, uh, when we build the bots. Um, a lot of times, like the bot companies are tend to kind of build to say, hey, here's what we can do, what our bots can do. What it doesn't necessarily address is that you can't control, uh, once you give a touch point to the consumer, you can't really limit uh, how they interact with that touch point you present to them. So there will be many scenarios. Your bots either it cannot really add value uh, and, and cannot actually provide this immediate results in the automated service he or she is expecting. When you build a, a platform or the bot product, you have to consider how your bot is going to be re, uh, respond or react when you understand this is out outside of your automated service scope, right? Um, so whether... Right. You, you're telling your customer to say, you know, I can only help you on these things and that's outside of my scope and I give you some pointer uh, to ways to um, find, um, uh, get help or you have to find a unique way to bridge it to human. 
right? So um, uh, it will be uh, unrealistic to expect the, the bots from day one and, and can cover you know all the um, uh, um, uh, service requests uh, uh, with uh, immediate uh, automated service results. Um, yeah, so I think we actually put in a lot of um, um, effort to uh, build the bots not only can automate you know, about 60%, 65% of the post-purchase service request. We actually just provide the immediate results and resolution for the shopper. But for the other 40%, uh, we put a lot of emphasis on we can comfortably making sure that we understand you enough to know that I cannot help you with, as a bot, I cannot help you. Where in that case, we connect you actually to human as a middleman. But whatever the boss is so far figured out, uh, for example, authentication, right? For example, the context, uh, if it's a service request, which order it's, uh, you're referring to, bots may already figure it out. If this is all about changing the billing address, I cannot help you to automate that part yet on Link's platform, but I can mm. see you as a human. But when I do so, we pass on those uh, collected uh, context to the human agents. So here at our company, where 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 our goal right is to say that we want our bots to help the human to be more human too, even in the cases our bots cannot provide automated service. That's awesome. So so, so uh, and I, maybe I just missed it, but are the humans employed by Link or by the merchant? So the humans are the existing customer service um, agents that, and, and as well as the systems that the merchants are using today, right? So think of nice. that. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you don't have to make a major change in either your infrastructure or how you operate, um, but they will get uh, less inquiries on those things that should be automated. Um, and when they do get inquiries, they will get the uh, link embedded, the context amended uh, to what the customer actually typed or, or, or said. That's awesome. Uh, we've actually talked about about this quite a bit, like sort of the limitations of chatbots and understanding, um, you know, when you know, how, how to how to direct people uh, in the flow. Um, adding humans is such a is a is such a great way to to make sure that you. Um, augment you know what what the bots are doing and, and provide yeah. a, a, a solution of value to the clients it's, it's awesome yeah the, i love the, it honestly concern, this, is, this is a very cool very cool it reminds me of operator except for for post purchase yeah exactly the concern i had was um i'm always concerned about training data and replicating you know good behavior versus bad could you talk a little bit about how how a company that might be concerned that it's not doing a great job in the post sale as as if that's their input that how how a bot could do better um, that that their their actual their trainers aren't necessarily executing at the level that they want them to so why would they train a bot with those trainers that might yeah. be a, a valid question this is actually a very very good question right so um, so most of the bot platform they kind of like um, they learn and, and from human responses to start out with so when we start out our uh, things about platform, we actually started with looking into services where the resolution to that service request can be fully automated. Um, things like um, um, other status tracking, return exchange, 
uh, tied to things about can I return this item? Is still eligible for return? If you think about the human agents uh, get online, first thing is these are all very high fidelity order related uh, service requests. Um, I have to make sure you're the right customer. I authenticate you, um, and then I have to get a hold on your order number or tracking number, something that's an identifier, so I can um, uh, look into it in the system. Then I have to probably jump a hoop between multiple systems, uh, either look up the status of that package, and then we're looking into our other management system to see you know, whether you're eligible for return and potentially, again, may potentially title a different system to provide you a return shipping label, so on and so forth. So things like this, it's actually now best suited by human. It's, um, it's, um, it's best suited to be completely automated. So if we want to offer um, a bot that's truly useful, we can't just say, you know what, we have the best AI, best uh, natural language understanding capability, we're gonna have the best bots. No, we believe that what defines the best bots is that it not only you can, you can understand what the customer wants to achieve, but you actually have that service capability that's built in, so you can provide resolution. So you now you can uh, gradually uh, reduce those percentage of cases where you have to say, you know, I have to connect you to a human, right? So what we did, we did we did a lot of heavy lifting work. We uh, our platform Cortex, um, there's this, the, the sexy part of the Cortex, you know, in today's technology industry, you know, the NLU capabilities, um, and natural language interaction capabilities, and so on. But there's a non-sexy part of the Cortex where we did integration with over 300 shipping carriers. And we know the status of those packages. And we have... Um, uh, a cloud-based uh, uh, RMA engine uh, not easily configurable for each of the enterprise accounts we serve. So we essentially run that logic of return eligibility check on the fly. And the integration with logistics also allows us to provide prepaid shipping label on behalf of those our merchants uh, to the customer. So those core service capabilities take our integration effort but if we integrate with ecosystem players, we essentially turn those jump hoops and uh, uh, multiple um, uh, systems to essentially resolve a customer service request uh, a situation into a very streamlined, complete in real time. Uh, we can provide results um, and get things done for you. And I would say, you know, the first thing um, defines a great customer experience is that. Um, service capability is that convenience is that immediate results. Um, mm. so I can emphasize more that the non-sexy part of just having that service capability is extremely important. And to go to the non-sexy part still, um, and we know logistics is super sexy. That one of our, <laughs> <laughs> one of our large global fulfillment partners gave us a statistic yesterday that shocked us: that seventy percent of the customers have number one concern with returns. So for us looking at where bots placed in this whole thing was, oh, service, returns. We have that down. That return capability for the merchant, for the consumer, is a big stopgap in terms of repeat purchases, product recommendations, and continue the path. And so as she talks about you know, return 
the merchant sees that, the consumer sees that um, ease of returning and everything, you know, putting the label, having somebody pick up your package and you don't have to do anything. And then, you know, a few days later, you get your exchange, you get your new product back. It's that simple. And, you know, this global phone partner said, oh, yeah, this is a concern. We had no idea that return was such a big issue. And they actually are changing their marketing and everything and approaching 2017 because of that study. That's and that actually leads us into into sort of a question that I wanted to get into, which is, uh, you know, most most of uh, most you know SaaS or third party providers of any kind in in this sort of you know that's integrating next generation uh, capabilities into current generation e commerce platforms. They're really focusing on the the commerce platform or the logistics side, but not both. And you're integrated into both, and not just one or two. Like pretty much every platform I can think of is covered <laughs> with links. So that has to give you a unique perspective in the market and to customer lifecycle in general. Um, what what unique perspective does Link have that other companies just don't? Well, this is where the global comes in. Link, Link Global. So we have a global view of the customer sure. journey. So a merchant will have a different e-commerce platform, and they have their preferred carrier. But the consumer is going to different merchants. That means you can have different e-commerce platforms, different fulfillment partners, delivering products and services to the consumer. But we actually understand what the consumer is ordering. So we, the carrier has no idea what the product is, but we'll know what the product is. If they're going to return that product, we will know what that return product is going to be if they need to exchange different shoe sizes. So we actually will know from a global perspective what the consumer is doing from multiple merchants through multiple e-commerce platforms connected to the whole fulfillment chain. So we'll know what, you know, the major carriers are doing, the major e-commerce partners are doing, and we'll know what the merchants are. We're just not limited to one channel. So Macy's or a major retailer like the Nordstrom's, those type of people have limited to their consumers. The e-commerce platform, like the Demandware, is limited to their merchants on their platform. And at FedEx, UPS, is just limited to the carrier companies that have signed up for them, where we have a global view because we're connected across these different touch points in the journey. And touch on that a little bit more, right? So um, and related to an earlier question comes down to, you know, anything tied to AI, anything tied to this, um, uh, um, you know, machine learning approach into natural language understanding or natural language interaction, um, data is very important, the training data is very important and so on. So think about if you are a merchant, uh, even you have uh, are equipped with uh, in-house resources and ability uh, to run on uh, the most state of the art um, AI engine on natural language capabilities, you still need to say, how do I build a meaningful data set that actually covers all the different scenarios that uh, consumers actually interact with uh, bots and interact with customer service um, um, and going to be, you know, uh, using that language to 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 ask questions, right? So when you're on Link's platform, uh, our data um, on natural language understanding capability is built on um, uh, across merchant data. So once you're on the day one, you're on the platform, you're going to see over 99% of accuracy on uh, anything that customer asks about other status, tracking, return, uh, and exchange, uh, we will have over 99% accuracy to understand the customer's natural language interactions. And then 
we're continue deepening that, you know, things like reordering, uh, frequent purchase. There's so many different ways for people to ask questions. And there's so many different ways for people to um, uh, have an inquiry title, particular order or particular product. Uh, how do you um, um, make sure the Cortex platform truly leverages not only natural language understanding capability, but the ability to have access to those purchase data, other status mm. data, provide resolution. That training is on across merchant data. So anybody on the platform in day one can benefit that state of the art um, uh, about. So hopefully uh, they don't run into the cases where the bots really annoys their customer in their early days. Right? <laughs> um, so that's one of the uh, advantage, um, you know, being on the platform, I think. All right, so I, I love it. I, lo I love how you guys have played you know, AI. It's it's uh, it's it's really yeah. innovative. Um, I'm sitting actually, here with my mouth agape. This I know, is, I know. I'm, awesome. I'm kind of in the yeah. same boat. Yeah, based on your experience, and let's kind of take us a little bit broader than just Link. But um, is there an area of commerce that you can see? You know, that, that you can see applying AI. You know, beyond what you're already doing, um, you know, where AI can sort of revitalize the industry. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, is that something that you guys would try to go after? <laughs> yeah. So, so first of all, you know, um, uh, we want to point out that, uh, we're really at the beginning of that, right? So we talked a lot about, uh, why we believe, uh, uh service interactions are the starting point, uh, and, uh, uh, more meaningful applications to leverage bots and AI. Um, uh, but, if you look at uh, how the uh, channels or the uh, conversational channels or platforms are evolving, uh, it's no longer just a messaging app where you chat and type by typing, or a pure voice interface such as Amazon Echo, you're, you're speaking to the virtual assistants and speaking back to you. Now you have Siri, um, uh, Apple's um, um, you know, a signature voice interface um, product announced that Siri is going beyond your iPhone, getting into Apple TV. What that means is not only just to say, uh, gives a, a, a major boost for Apple to have a play in this virtual assistance uh, um, um, you know, emerging uh, market, and then gets into their customers' living rooms to compete with Amazon Echo, and I like it. But more importantly, it's actually an interesting interface where uh, it combines both voice and visual, right? So think about like um, today, if you're thinking about, uh, um, hey, you know, uh, Alexa or Siri, ask uh, um, Ralph Lauren to exchange the blue jacket to a size bigger. Uh, or ask mm. um, Gab, um, you know, the dress I bought, it, it doesn't suit me on style. Can you find something similar? Right to assist back, uh, um, you know, especially things related to uh, check out the merchandising and describe the merchandising. Uh, that ability to add a visual uh, in addition to the voice or um, uh, 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 you know voice interface can be very very interesting. Right. So not only we're um, uh, keep a very close eye to essentially these channels because. We position Cortex as a channel agnostic service about, in fact, this is on our roadmap to be rolling out into iMessage, uh, uh, Siri, and Google Home. Uh, but we also recognize um, what it may mean when you're having the ability to combine visual and voice, and uh, you can achieve so much more. 
and um, and potentially will really benefit getting into the buy, right? Um, and right. yeah, so so those are some of the things that we are very excited about. Um, when you have that, you create uh, further demand and challenges in the AI capabilities as well. Um, yeah, so that's uh, we're very excited about that future. Mm. So, so what do you think is in store for us in the next five years? I mean, you know, in AI, chat, and so on, and, you know, what has you excited? And, you know, what, what do you think our listeners should be paying attention to that they can leverage, um, you know, effectively? Maybe maybe something in the short term, or maybe they should just go out and leverage Link, right? <laughs> um, or, and then maybe <laughs> that's the short you know, answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the short answer, right? <laughs> um, but, but uh, yeah, do you have some, some recommendations or thoughts to kind of, for our listeners to take away with here at the end of the show? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, stores still drives um, 90% of the transactions. Uh, by no means we should actually say that store is going away. And and anybody who owns that footprint, that's tremendous amount of um, value and asset. Um, and I think about actually link part, even link starts with the e-com or digital commerce, right? Transactions happen digitally. Um, but the experience we power today already are cross-channel. Um, and things like other online, uh, pick up in-store, getting notification in your Facebook Messenger tell you that your product is ready for, to be picked up in-store, right? And as going into the store, you potentially can trigger additional uh, uh, re-engagement capabilities and so on. I think what retailers should be thinking about it is that you know, in the past a few years, uh, um, the the word like omni-channel being very, uh, um, uh, it's one of the best words. Everyone's talking about omni-channel, and in most of the cases, omni-channel refers to the channels where the buy or discovery of products happens, right? That be offline or online. I think um, as we um, see the trend continue evolving, and then communication uh, platforms or channels. Um, uh, introduce that, that orthogonal dimension that e-commerce players need to be looking into. And then there's gonna give, it's actually give the word omni-channel a little bit of more of a generalized meaning, right? So it actually doesn't matter where the shopper interaction happens or where the buy happens. There, in fact, there's only one pair of relationship between you as a business um, to that very customer. Right. So the experience that you power uh, and then the data powers that intelligent experience, if eventually it's uh, bots driven or AI driven, should be completely channel agnostic. So hopefully at the end of the day, um, you know, we don't have to say uh, so many times on the podcast the, the word channel. Right. <laughs> the channel mm-hmm. ultimately really matter uh, that much. Yeah. And I was going to say that, you know, I think studies are finally saying that the 10% cap that we've seen over the last decade on e-commerce sales will finally start being broken. And you can see over the next decade, uh, you know, going from 10 to 20% of, you know, online sales. But that doesn't just translate to, um, you know, I order online and have it delivered at home. That also means that people are going to be ordering online and pick up in store. It's those type of capabilities I see the retailers bringing in um, a lot of these e-commerce solutions in store so that my purchase profile is mobile and portable like myself that can come in the store and I can do a voice command in the store and say, reorder this or find me this. So I think there's definitely capabilities linking, you know, what I do online today, mobile devices to the store as, you know, e-commerce sales start to scale 
past the 10% mark that has been capped. And I think, you know, it'll start to pick up. will be a key driver of that. Yeah, you know what? I, I really, we've used Omnichannel for so long now, and I, I know everyone hates that word at this point, but really, it's, <laughs> I, I think you're finally making a, like a, a point that, that the word is actually really not, it's, it's never been that useful. It's really not useful when you put it in this light, because really what we're talking about is a continuous experience. Yes. And it doesn't, you know, Channel. It's not just mm. about channel. It's about you know the the, the entire life cycle of the customer, um, right? From beginning to end, and and you know and future interactions. So, it in my mind, like I think continuous experience better describes what we're talking about than omni-channel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think omni-channel. I, yes, for a fat. I think the use of the word omni-channel is a fat. Yep. Exactly. Totally agree. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Infinite channel. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, good heavens. No. <laughs> what a way to end the show. What a way to end I'm the sorry. show. I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh, yes. Um, anyway, uh, whatever the word is, I think you guys have, have really, uh, you're really bringing something that, you know, is, is needed to the table. Um, definitely. It's just really impressive how quickly you've been able to scale up on some very large brands and, um, uh, you know, Based on what we heard today, uh, absolutely, absolutely excited about you know where you guys are going and and what's a, what's ahead. Um, so thank you so much again, Fong and Jonathan, uh, and uh, for our listeners out there. Uh, again, would love to to uh, have a five star rating from you on on iTunes. So go on there and 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 uh, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating. I uh, would love to hear feedback from you. So uh, if you can. Tweet at us, send us a LinkedIn message, uh, leave a comment in discuss box on our site, uh, whatever the whatever the channel is. <laughs> um, <get> us, <laughs> the continuous listener journey. Yeah, and that's subscribe. what it is. We've got we've got. Yeah. I mean, we this has been amazing having both Jonathan and Fong on the show. We've got many more fantastic guests and shows ahead. So subscribe and, and get access to that content on a weekly basis. Um, but thank you again, Jonathan and Funk. Great to have you, uh, and, and uh, definitely love to hear more with what's what's ahead um, on Link. And um, so, if you provide us updates, we'd love to hear them. Um, with that, keep looking towards the future, and uh, we'll we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Philip. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be thank here. Thank you.